The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker and you are listening to episode 152 of the podcast, hopefully. Today is Sunday, August the 4th, and we are coming off of... Hold on a second. Okay, here we go. We may or may not be recording right now, but in the event that we are, let me introduce my co-host all the way from New Jersey, (laughs) Jeff. The Animal Wilson. Jeff, how you feeling on this Sunday afternoon? Fuck YouTube, by the way. Yeah, YouTube's making a lot of moves that I'm not enjoying, Bill. They censored my man. Eh, some dude. But, um, <laughs> listen. Um, Bill, it's been, uh, it's been a pretty solid weekend. It was a little hot yesterday, but not as bad as it's been. So, you know me, I wasn't complaining. Um, then we got a little rain last night, cooled everything down. I like the rain, so, you know, I don't like being out in the rain, but I like when it's raining outside, because, you know, you get a little cozy, start watching um, TV and stuff, but, Bill, what have you been up to this weekend? Um, well, today, specifically, I took my daughter to the playground to get her tired so she would nap while I was trying to record this, but then I got onto YouTube, and they disabled the Google Hangouts, which we usually use to record the podcast so we're here on skype and i'm not even sure if it's working or not to tell the truth but in any case we're we're, we're trying to do it jeff and, and yesterday as you know i have uh i have two mango trees in my yard mm-hmm. and um the the fruit is in season which is awesome uh, because fresh mangoes taste delicious oh um, absolutely so I went outside to pick some of them, and a couple of weeks ago I had a beehive in the tree, and I had to take it down and get rid of it. And um, I, I thought I was rid of the bees, but in any case, I was I was pulling some mangoes out of the trees, and all of a sudden I just started getting attacked by a swarm of bees. And I have you can see like I have welts like all over my arms. I'm showing you because you're we're on video chat here, but um, yeah, man. Get got stung by a bunch of bees trying to trying to pick my mangoes. I, I was able to grab like seven or eight of them, I think, before I, I just abandoned ship and uh, and went inside and started, you know, icing my arms down. It's not fun getting stung by bees. Um, I, I I don't know that anybody ever claimed it was fun, but I definitely don't enjoy it. And now my arms are today. My arms are like all itchy which I didn't know was a a byproduct of bee stings. I thought they just hurt and then it stops hurting. But now the next day it's all like kind of swelled up a little bit and it's itchy and uncomfortable, but Bill, that's not that bill. That's not supposed to happen. I think you might be allergic to bee stings, but it it might be, but you know, at least I didn't go into anaphylactic shock or anything. So Mm. I, I got that going for me, which is nice. Uh, <laughs> in any case, Jeff, float like a butterfly, sting like Colby. How about that one? 
That's a good name for the episode. <laughs> I like that. Probably going to go with that. Colby Covington, dominant performance over Robbie Lawler last night. UFC on ESPN 5 at the Prudential Center, right in your backyard, Jeff. Newark, New Jersey, home of uh, some good Portuguese food and lots of murder. Uh <laughs> <laughs> that's accurate yeah <laughs> <laughs> if you like portuguese food and risking your life newark new jersey is a is a vacation destination for you um it, it is worth it for the portuguese food but uh you know just get out of there before sundown in any case colby covington i i, I was telling you guys last week man People keep underestimating this guy because he's such a doofus and, you know, he, he walks around with his MAGA hat and his interim belt and he says some ridiculous shit and, you know, he gets bullied in buffet lines uh, <laughs> by MMA managers. Um, but Colby Covington can fight, uh, like it or not. Uh, that's the reality. The, the guy is a phenomenal wrestler two-time All-American at Oregon, uh, and it, and he adapts his wrestling well inside the cage. Uh, my one concern for him was that he gets hit a lot, but that wasn't the case in there with Robbie Lawler. He was he was doing a great job of mixing up his boxing and his wrestling, and, and he looked phenomenal for 25 straight minutes, the best we've ever seen him. His boxing looked really crisp. He was throwing straight punches right down the pipe, and Robbie's problem was that uh, he's always been great at rolling with punches. The problem is when you when you roll with punches too much and bob and weave, it leaves your hips open. And when you leave your hips open, it's harder to stuff takedowns uh, because if your upper body's turned, so it's harder to turn into your opponent and square up and sprawl um, like Robbie's known for doing. He has phenomenal takedown defense, but uh, once Colby Covington got going, he was taking him down at will. And then it looked like Robbie was so concerned with the takedown, he wasn't even throwing any punches. Um, so just a, an outstanding performance by, by Colby Covington. Give me your thoughts on this main event, Jeff. Yeah, dude, I I thought this would be a little bit of a different fight um, in terms of um, just uh, Robbie Lawler's performance. And not to take anything away from him, but Colby Covington just put such a pace on him that he was exhausted after two rounds of, of having to fend off takedowns. And, you know, he looked very different from that first round where he was stuffing takedowns. He would pop right back up when he did get taken down. And then that third round, you know, Covington took a break from the wrestling, let his hands go a little bit. And then in the fourth round, it was back to back to the wrestling. And, you know, Lawler was just exhausted at the end of this, man. Um, you know, Covington, you know, it's his nickname. He created so much chaos mm -hmm. that Lawler, you know, he, he just didn't know what to do. And his, his offense was just completely neutralized by Covington's wrestling, man. And, you know, we talked about this um, when Covington beat Rafael Dos Anjos, man. He can, and it always amazes me, you know, I've seen it before, but the fact that he can keep that pace for five rounds, it's, it's scary, man. You know, mm -hmm. if you didn't think he was legit, if you don't like him, that's fine. But Colby Covington's legit, man. And he came out to the Kurt Angle theme song. Everybody was yelling, you suck to him. I, I thought it was a nice cherry on top, man. You got to love it. I, I didn't know that was Kurt Angle's uh, theme song until you tweeted about it, to be honest, Jeff. But, yeah, man, uh, you, all the antics aside, 
Uh, I've been saying this for years now. Colby Covington is a legitimate fighter, and people don't want to believe it because they don't like his personality. You know, the whole nerd bash and calling people virgins and like all this stuff. But um, hey, all that stuff got a guy who has a fairly boring style, according to mm. a lot of the masses. It got him an interim title, and it's probably going to get him a title shot uh, against Kamaru Usman. And the build up to this is going to be so awkward because here you have two guys who who are both very unusual people. You know, Colby's <laughs> got his whole gimmick thing and Kamaru doesn't really understand that it's a gimmick. Uh and and he takes it he takes it personally. But then when he's all flustered, he's very awkward too. So this is going to be this is going to be a, a really uncomfortable build up to uh, what's going to be, for me, a really fun fight because you have two guys who have very similar styles. Kamaru obviously has a little bit more punching power. Uh, he's a little bit bigger than Colby. But other than that, um, they they fight in the exact same way. And it's funny, Kamaru is like criticizing Colby, yet this is the exact same way that he beat Tyron Woodley. Um, it, the, the fights were practically identical except for the fact that Kamaru had Mark Goddard as ref as his referee and he got stood up a couple of times uh that were completely unjustified. In any case, uh on paper Colby Covington is uh has more wrestling credentials because he was a division 1 All-American. Kamaru Usman was a, a division 2 All-American. Um you know, there's arguments that can be made there. You know, some people think that there are tougher wrestlers in division 2. Uh, and it doesn't really mean anything. But, you, you know, if you look at it on paper, technically Colby is the more credentialed wrestler because he was in Division One and he was an All-American there. Um, so I, I think it's a fun matchup. I think th- these guys are both awkward as fuck, and I love it. And um, all the people who hate Colby Covington are going to have to root for Kamaru Usman. And these are all people who were criticizing his performance of Tyron Woodley. And that makes me love this even more <laughs> because everybody's annoyed. And, and it's like they have to pick the lesser of two evils here <laughs> and, and root for Kamaru just because, you know, Colby's such a tool. Uh, but give me your thoughts on this matchup, Jeff. Yeah, Bill, it's going to be a really interesting title fight. I mean, it's not going to be pretty by any means. It's going to be a grind from both sides. And I'm excited, man. Um, you know, I love grappling. Um, I've been doing it for a few years, and it's it's fun to me. I think that people, unless they grapple themselves or have taken a few jujitsu classes, they won't appreciate what's going on. And, you know, Colby was doing a lot of cool things. And I was explaining to a buddy of mine who, who's just getting into UFC because um, he was asking me, you know, why – when, uh, for example, in the first round, Colby wouldn't take Robbie Lawler's back right away, and he was asking me why he wouldn't do that. And I said, well, he's got one of his arms tied up, and he's taking that arm completely out of the equation. So so things like that really I really enjoy. And it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, I, don't, it's, I don't think a lot of people are going to like this one. I don't know if it would headline a pay-per-view honestly but i'm really excited for that matchup to see who's got the better wrestling and who's going to combine their wrestling with their striking better Mm -hmm. yeah yeah for sure and there's definitely going to be some very cringeworthy talk leading up to this which i'm kind of looking forward to they need to have a press tour 
with these two just going at it and and just seeing who's worse with the english language uh <laughs> I think, and i i don't understand personally why they had kamaru usman at, at the desk last night um you know not that he's not capable but just having him there knowing that he hates colby covington um and, and then they brought colby covington up to the desk after the fight last night and kamaru right away was like let me ask you a question when did your balls drop and and it's like um we we've criticized uh in the past you know guys like michael bisping and, and other people at at the desk who are taking guys shine away you know uh the guy just won a fight he just fought hard for 25 minutes you got to let him have his moment and um but i don't understand the the decision to put usman there on a night when colby's headlining it just it didn't make much sense to me um in any case we got some fun stuff to look forward to the welterweight division is very fun in my opinion because it's very wrestling heavy and we got some interesting personalities you know we have masvidal ben Askren's not going anywhere anytime soon um you know despite that five second knockout he actually had a funny tweet last night he said i apologize to everyone for losing because now we have to hear colby covington and kamaru usman try and talk to each other (laughs) 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 the build-up of the fight i thought that was pretty funny in any case co-main event jersey boy jim miller putting clay guida to sleep uh, Clay Guida, not a guy that is easy to finish by any stretch of the imagination. Even this late in his career, 50-something fights, whatever he has. Jim Miller in a resurgence in his career. His last five fights have not gone out of the first round. Or last six fights have not... One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, counting's hard, guys. Last five fights, uh, he has not gotten out of the first round, win or lose. Uh, two first-round finishes in the last two fights. Um, this fight was fun as fuck for as long as it lasted. Uh, they both rocked each other. Uh, and then Clay Guida kind of tried to clinch up with Jim Miller. He snatched up that arm in guillotine, trapped uh, the far side arm with his leg so Guida couldn't escape. There was no tap, um, but Herb Dean had to check, <laughs> check Clay Guida's hands uh, uh, three times before he broke this fight up. And uh, Guida was unfortunately unconscious. But Jim Miller with a resurgence ever since he's gotten his uh, Lyme disease diagnosed and he's been doing treatments for it uh he seems to be completely reinvigorated and a a whole new fighter give me your thoughts jeff yeah dude uh you hit the nail on the head man this fight didn't go longer than a minute but it was a lot of fun and that's why we were excited for this fight last week dude um they both came out swinging for the fences i loved it there wasn't any like feeling out process and once jim miller locked up that neck dude he had such a tight squeeze and like you said man clay weed a tough dude to finish I didn't think he was going to tap, but it was weird. You couldn't tell if he was not tapping because he was okay or he was, like, trying to wiggle out or something, and then turns out he was asleep. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, you got to give it to Jim Miller. That is a tight squeeze. So, um, yeah, super fun fight. And uh, like you said, Bill, I I like that this this reinvigorated Jim Miller. Um, I can't wait to see what's next for him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, here's a guy who said he was going to retire at 34, and here he is at 35, choking people unconscious. And, and people like Clay Guido, who's probably mm-hmm. been in 100,000 guillotines and, and pushed through most of them. Uh, so Jim Miller's got a f- fuck of a squeeze, man. 
Uh, Nasrat Hakparast uh, getting that second round knockout over Joachim Silva. Uh, first round was a real big feeling out process for Hakparast. I guess he was trying to get, uh, you know, Silva's rhythm and and he got it, man, with a nasty overhand left, uh, put put him put Joachim out, and then uh, the biggest ovation of the night was probably for George Saint Pierre in Hakparast's corner. Um, but it, his striking looks good, man. Uh, he looks like Kelvin Gastelum, and I guess he hits like him too. Give me your thoughts on this one, Jeff. Yeah, dude, Hakparast was after one thing, and that was Silva's head. And, you know, he, he hit him really clean in that second round. Um, and, you know, wasn't hesitant. Once he once this dude hit the floor, Hakparast was all over him. Good stoppage from the ref. And it was nice seeing GSP in the cage again, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so best of both worlds. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Uh, another person who was put to sleep last night, Trevin Giles, and it was Herb Dean refing this one again. Gerald Mearshart, uh, looking phenomenal. Really back and forth fight. Uh, kind of surprising that Trevin Giles would want to take this one to the ground since Mearshart is a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. But, uh, you know, he was definitely holding his own. He's got great top pressure. Uh, Mearshart was having a hard time. He was able to sweep him easily in the first round, but then in that second round, uh, you know, Giles was putting it on him a little bit. This is a really back-and-forth fight, a lot of great grappling exchanges. Uh, and then Mearshart locked up a guillotine. Giles tried to roll through it, and Mearshart rolled him right back onto his knees, got this high-elbow guillotine, which is usually a windpipe choke. The high-elbow or the Marcelo guillotine is usually something that, that crushes the windpipe and causes an instant tap. But the way Mearshart was doing he's got such long arms. He was using his bicep on one carotid artery and he was pushing his own wrist into the other carotid which is what put Trevin Giles to sleep there were several taps here but unfortunately for Herb Dean he wasn't on on the right side to see them uh so he w- he didn't break this one up until Trevin Giles was unconscious unfortunately and Gerald Mearshart <laughs> such a good guy he lets the choke go and then he immediately grabs uh Trevin's legs and tries to lift him up uh, and the reason you do that is to to try and cause some blood to rush back to the brain. But then the, the cage side doctors were immediately like, get your hands off him. The fight's over. You can't touch him anymore, even if you're trying to help him. Um, I guess there's some kind of legal liability there. But uh, give me your thoughts on the performance of, of Gerald Mearshart here, Jeff. Yeah, dude, Gerald Mearshart, you know, it, it was looking uh, like it was really back and forth. Um, but... Uh, unfortunately, uh, Trevin Giles, I don't think made the best decision taking this fight to the ground. Uh, like you said, Mearshart, a black belt. We've seen him get a couple of submissions before and yeah, dude, that Marcelo choke it to see someone with such long arms do it that way. was really, really interesting. Um, you know, somebody like me probably wouldn't be able to get that off. So it'd have to be, it, it was just really unorthodox the way he locked it up and you got to love Gerald Mearshart, man. Um, as soon as the fight's over, you know, tries to, to help Giles a little bit, <laughs> but, uh, it, it was, it was a little entertaining seeing the chaos at the end there. Yeah, for sure. Um, Fun fight. I, I I've been high on Gerald Mearshart for a while. He's been you know hot and cold as we've seen, but uh, I thought he looked great. He came back from a little adversity last night, and uh, Trevin Giles, tough dude, man. Um, it's unfortunate that he had to go unconscious even though he was tapping. Uh, but you know it, it's 
it, it is what it is, man. He'll he'll be all right. Uh, we yeah. haven't seen any evidence that that it's really damaging for the brain yet to be put unconscious like that. It happens all the time in the gym, and uh, you know people don't really think twice about it. You know, people I've seen people go unconscious and then continue grappling the rest of a class. Scott Holtzman, big TKO doctor stoppage over Dong Hyung Ma, who you know was showing a lot of that Korean toughness. Man, they're known for taking a punch, but unfortunately for him. The doctors wouldn't allow it to continue because he had a huge hematoma under his left eye, uh, and it just swelled up so much uh, that it completely shut. It was it was swelled out really far. It was one of the worst hematomas we've seen in quite a while. And uh, you know you can't see out of one eye; they can't let you get back in there. So uh, it was a good stoppage there by the the cage side doctor. A great win for Scott Holtzman, who I think will probably end up with a top fifteen opponent, top twenty at least after this performance uh did you catch this one jeff uh unfortunately i did not but it looks like somebody missed weight in this one bill so i'm not happy about that uh was it holtzman that missed weight um i'm not sure it might have been but uh this was a catch weight fight at 158 pounds Hmm. well I don't know the backstory there, but actually, um, actually, Dong Hyun Ma missed the weight. He weighed he weighed in at 158 pounds. Oh, okay, great. Well, fuck him then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he lost. Uh, <laughs> I take back what I said about his toughness. He should have made weight. Um, speaking of tough, Kennedy and, Zech- and Zechiku. I don't know if you saw this one either, Jeff, but. Man, yeah, this one was bad. His testicles took a beating in this yeah. one uh, three times uh, with a low blow from Darko Stosic. Uh, he was warned once by by uh, mini Brock Lesnar, Gary Copeland, and uh, <laughs> and then he had to take the points away. And then he was surprised when he lost the fight. I don't know if he realizes like how point deductions work. <laughs> Um, two, two points getting taken away is like, basically you lose, uh, but he looked, he looked so upset. Like, what the fuck? I'd landed so many kicks to his nuts. Did that count for nothing? Like, yes, Darko, it counted for point deductions, two of them actually. Um, and then, you know, I know math is hard. I couldn't even count to five earlier in the show, but, uh, I knew that he lost his fight. Um, and, and Zechiku didn't even look happy about it because, you know, he got his fucking balls beaten in, man. <laughs> it was like these were brutal shots to uh, <laughs> to the old breadbasket here for Zechiku. Not the way you want to win a fight. Uh, <laughs> but give me your thoughts, Jeff. Yeah, dude. I, you know what the sad part is, Bill? I think if it wasn't for the point deductions, I felt like Darko was had a better fight. It felt like he was doing more work on the feet. He was chopping down. Um, is, is that? Yeah, I'm just gonna call him Kennedy. Um, he he was chopping down Kennedy's legs, man. Um, it's a shame that he was aiming a little too high a couple of times, but um, there was a considerable height difference. I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but like, oh man, his fight was all over the place. It was nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it was man. It was balls to the wall. <laughs> in any case um and zechiku is gonna need an ice bath for the for the next couple of days i think um hey he got his biscuits chopped up man uh 
So Mickey Gall, the hometown boy, uh, looking decent uh, against uh, Salim Tuhari, who is a tough fighter. Uh, this was a close fight, man. Um, Tuhari, I think, won the second round. Mickey Gall uh, clearly won the first round. And then uh, the third round, I think he stole it with that takedown at the end. But, you know, skin of his teeth, walking away with the decision here. You got thoughts on this one, Jeff? Yeah, dude. Um, I don't think it was Mickey Gall's best performance, but I think uh, Salim Tuari is also pretty talented. So their skill levels probably matched up really well. But yeah, dude, I think that takedown right at the end won it for Mickey Gall. You know, up until that point, um, I felt like the third round could have gone to Tuari. Mm hmm. But, um, dude, um, what I was impressed with was uh, Mickey Gall's striking. Uh, it looked much improved from his last couple of fights. He was landing some really nice combinations and uh, landing hard to, to Ari's body. And, um, you know, there was some stuff in the first round I wasn't crazy about. They were up against the cage, I felt like, for a little too long without too much activity. Mm -hmm. But uh, credit to the ref for letting, it, for letting him, uh, you know, keep working yeah for sure mickey gall is a guy i think who uh had an unfortunate circumstance in his career it's great that he was able to get into the ufc with his call out of cm punk and and uh, dana white looking for a fight and all that stuff but um i think he probably could have used a little bit more grooming before getting up on the big stage so and, and it's hard to pump the brakes once you're in the ufc like there's not easy fights uh, so hopefully yeah. it, he'll be able to, to figure something out. He wants a rematch with Diego Sanchez. I don't know if that's a good idea because he just got mauled in that fight. He said he was sick or, or whatever he said, but, um, you know, that fight wasn't even competitive. I, I wouldn't recommend him, uh, trying to run that one back, especially, um, with Diego Sanchez coming off, uh, getting mauled by Michael Chiesa. Uh, the rest of this card, we'll just kind of breeze over here. Antonia Shevchenko getting a, a rear naked choke victory over uh, Lucy Pudilova. Uh, kind of surprising Shevchenko getting that submission victory, but we know her sister can grapple. Uh, she submitted black belts in the cage, so uh, I guess it's not that surprising after all. Uh, Matt Schnell, triangle victory over Jordan Espinoza. Lauren Murphy with a big TKO over Mauro Romero Boreta. And uh, Claudio Enrique da Silva, rear naked choke over Cole Williams. And Miranda Granger, uh, with a unanimous decision over Hannah Goldie, first fight on the night. Any thoughts on uh, any of those, Jeff, or, or are you ready to move on to greener pastures here? Yeah, just real quick. Um, this was like a recurring theme yesterday, Bill. Antonina Shevchenko versus Lucy Pudilova. Shevchenko had a really tight uh, rear naked choke, mm -hmm. and it looked to me like Pudilova was out for mm -hmm. a little bit and the ref you know checked her arms like two or three times until he pulled Shevchenko off her and she was out dude she was turning blue um so I don't know what was going on with that dude um I, I don't know it was just a recurring theme yesterday and I wasn't crazy about it yeah man but we move on uh, <laughs> that's fair that I mean, is fair I, I've been saying for a long time now there's there's gonna be there's gonna be issues with judging and refereeing and stuff like this uh, until we have a governing body that oversees the athletic commissions all of them um, and that's the only solution I can offer and uh, I'd be I'd be happy to head this up, Jeff. You can make me. You can make me the president of it. I'll make sure it gets it gets run properly. Um, 
But until that time, we got to deal with it. But speaking of Shevchenko, the other Shevchenko is headlining next week, UFC Fight Night 156. This is in Uruguay. And she is facing Liz Caramouche for the Flyweight Championship. Uh, So the girl Rilla in the main event with the bullet. Give me your thoughts, Jeff. Um, Bill, my que- my first question is, why? Because <laughs> there's nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, oh man, I haven't heard Liz Carmouche's name in quite a while, dude. Um, okay, I guess this is what we got. Um, you know, not to take anything for- away from Liz Carmouche, I just don't know how she earned this fight. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, she's a tough chick, well-rounded, um, heavy hands. Can grapple as well, you know. Gave Ronda Rousey some trouble when they when they fought uh, at 135. So mm-hmm. this will definitely be an interesting challenge for Shevchenko. It's gonna be a, a, a brawler versus um, you know boxer style, whereas uh, Shevchenko it, is very technical with her striking, and Karmush can brawl. Um, Bill, is this the second time they're fighting each other? Uh, no, it is not. But Liz Carmouche, in her last fight, did fight Lucy Pudilova, who just fought a Shevchenko. So I could see the confusion there. Oh, actually, wait. They did fight. It was a long time ago, 2010. Um, and it looks like Valentina quit on the stool. Oh, uh, okay. So, you know, almost 10 years ago, or nine years ago, September 30th, 2010, um, yeah, it was a TKO in between rounds and it says tko in parentheses retirement which means uh she didn't answer the bell for the third round oh so um maybe that answers your question as to why uh carmouche and carmouche also has a win over the strawweight champion jessica andrage that's a that was a tko in 2013 so interesting dialogue there you know if she were to get past shevchenko and Andrade wants to move up to become a two-division champion. You got a storyline there. So that's fun. And then um, a really fun fight is the co-main event, which is Vicente Luque and Mike Perry. Uh, <laughs> if you're a fan of violence, uh, you're going to want to tune into this card at, for this fight alone. Um, that's a really fun one. Then we got Alir Latifi and Vulcan and Ozdemir, the fight that never seems to come together. I think this is the third time <laughs> they've tried to build this one. And, um, you know, it just just keeps falling apart at the last minute. So hopefully we get to see that one because this is actually a really fun fight. You know, we've seen Vulcan um, show some holes in his game to wrestling, but we've shown Alir Latifi um, neglect to use the wrestling that he has uh as his main skill set so he could brawl it out with guys who are better strikers with him and and he's paid for it in the past Mm -hmm. uh rodolfo vieira undefeated 5-0 fighter looks like a heavyweight uh, against uh oscar pechota uh, on this card um let's see what else jumping out here tisha torres and against the undefeated marina rodriguez that should be a fun fight. Tisha Torres, you know, usually brings the heat in there. And then uh, we got a, a couple of undefeated fighters here. Alexei Kunchenko is is uh, stepping in against Gilbert Burns. And Gilbert Burns, I know, stepped up to take this last minute. I forget who pulled out. 
But um, credit to Gilbert Burns, man, because here's a guy coming in to fight an, uh, a relatively unknown fighter in Kanchenko who's 20-0 and 0, uh, and is obviously dangerous. 13 knockouts, only been to decision six times. Uh, it, he's got a win over Yushin Okami in his last fight. Oh wow! And uh, Tiago Alves in the in the fight before that. So credit to Gilbert Burns for taking this uh, on last minute. Of course, Gilbert Burns, a guy who always stays in shape and everything like that. But um, yeah, getting in there against a tough Russian fighter last minute like this, uh, no easy task. But you know, Gilbert Burns is a real fighter, man. That really shows it because he could probably hold out for a top contender with the performances he's shown lately. Um, a- anything grabbing your attention on this card, Jeff? Yeah, dude, definitely that Gilbert Burns fight. Um, I don't know too much about um, the guy who's filling in as his opponent, but he sounds really dangerous, man. Um, and Vicente Luque versus Mike Perry, that's going to be a full-on war, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, neither of these guys is going to pull their punches. Um, they're not going to go in there and be too technical. Um, I think they're just going to swing for the fences, which, you know, I, I enjoy those fights just as much as the technical boxing and grappling exchanges. Um so, Bill, this fight is actually going to be, like you said, in Uruguay. I feel like this is the first card in Uruguay. Am I correct in saying that? Uh, you could be. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you you're wrong, but I don't, I, I don't know. It sounds like... Uh, <laughs> It sounds like it could be, right? Yeah, because they had one in Argentina a couple, like a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hoping Santiago Ponzinibbio would be on this card, actually. Um, Argentina and Uruguay, you know, same continent, similar colors in the flags. Yeah. So, Well, we do have uh, Valentina Shevchenko, who claims residence in Peru. So, Yeah, her Spanish is better than her English, dude. It's pretty... It's pretty interesting. You know who else has like very surprising flawless Spanish is Artem Lobov. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Isn't he like Russian and lives in Ireland or something? Yeah. So he's got like a, a strange like Russian accent, but he's got like some some Irish dialect sometimes. Um, but I heard him in a in an interview one time and he answered the reporter in Spanish. And I was like, holy shit. His Spanish is actually like perfect. <laughs> you wouldn't think it, but uh, yeah, Shevchenko is a, another one. You know, she's lived in Peru for a long time, so she's got great, great Spanish. She's very well traveled, very well educated, uh, and she can kick some ass. Uh, so I think that's a fun fight. But yeah, they're just running out of contenders for the bullet here, man. Um, I, I think it's only a matter of time before you, you let her uh, come back up and face Amanda Nunez again. Uh, I, I think she's earned it. You know, the, 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 those two fights she's had with her were so close. And now um, now that Cyborg is gone officially, uh, you know, we know Nunez isn't going to go up to defend that featherweight title against Cyborg like she was planning to do. So let's talk about that real quick, Jeff. So a lot of the, a lot of the headlines were saying that Dana White released Cyborg from the UFC and that's just a bunch of clickbait bullshit. She was at the end of her contract. Mm. Uh, UFC fighters are independent contractors, so you fight the fights that are on your contract, three or six or four or whatever the fuck it is, and then at the end of it, you can 
resign or you can walk away and you can go fight wherever you want. What they'll do a lot of times is when you have one fight left, they'll try and negotiate with you and, um, you know, give you a deal. And some people have held out uh, on resigning with that one fight left and it's worked out for some of them and, and others have had to walk away because, you know, they lost that last fight. You know, Rory McDonald comes to mind, but it, it worked out for him anyway because he, he got a big contract with Bellator. Uh, I believe Cowboy Cerrone uh, didn't resign uh, before the last fight on his contract was up and then he won and he was able to get more money. So what happens is Cyborg comes to the table and says, look, I've got these offers from other organizations. Can you match this amount of money? The UFC says no. And then she walks away. Uh, this is basically what I predicted would happen uh, after her last fight. I, I did not foresee her re-signing with the UFC. Uh, and I think that she wants to go on and find other opportunities, maybe fight at a higher weight class. It is a, it is a big cut for her to get down to 145. I don't think there's anything left for her to prove in the UFC. They don't even really have a featherweight division, so there's not many people for her to fight. Even if she were to fight Amanda Nunez and rematch her and beat her and be the champion of a division with nobody in it, um, you know, what's the point? So a lot of people tried to spin this and say, you know, make the UFC a bad guy here and say they released her. I, it was a pretty cut and dry business decision. She she had better offers from other places. The UFC didn't want to, didn't think she was worth, uh, you know, paying her to to match whatever those numbers were. So she walked away, and she's going to end up making a lot of money fighting somewhere else, probably overseas. Uh, give me your thoughts on the the cyborg business, so Jeff. Well, I don't think she's doing anything wrong. Oh, I want to. <laughs> yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think there's a, a party at fault here. I think this is just you know th there's been stuff in the past uh, about you know things Dana White has said and that she's been very outspoken with the with the way she's been treated in the company and of course that's unfortunate. You never want anybody to be uncomfortable in their workplace and everything like that. But I think they buried the hatchet on that and the stuff Dana White was saying recently about her being afraid to fight Amanda Nunez. That's just him trying to hype the fight, trying to be a promoter. Uh, I don't think he's going to have anything to say about her uh, negatively uh, now that she's moved on to uh, greener pastures. So what are you going to say, Jeff? Yeah, sorry. Um, my mom was telling me that the soup's on. But, um, <laughs> <clears throat> but um, Bill, uh, I don't think Cyborg is doing anything wrong. Um, you know, as, as someone, you know, as a teacher myself, I'm sure um, people in, in – uh, whatever career they're in, you know, you want to go wherever the money's at, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, for example, you know, if I, I, I like the school district I'm in, but you know, if uh, another one came to me with an offer for more money, um, you know, better benefits, I, uh, what am I going to do? I, I'd probably go there. So, you know, if, um, if cyborgs found, um, an organization that's going to pair more, that's going to, you know, put her in the spotlight. I say, why not? I think she deserves it. I think that she has been a staple in women's MMA even before Ronda Rousey, um, you know, started this uh, meteoric rise that she had and put MMA women's MMA on the map. You know, cyborg was there the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, her fight with Gina Carano, uh, you know, definitely for me was 
one of the points that made me in time that made me want to you know pay attention to women's MMA. Mm-hmm. So you know I think Cyborg uh, absolutely has every right to to leave, and you know if the UFC is not going to take care of her, someone else is. So yeah, for sure. I don't think anybody's at fault here. It's just a uh, just a business move here. In any case, yep. Um, we got to wrap this thing up, Jeff. I don't want you to uh, let the soup get cold, so. Uh... <laughs> We'll move on to that, and uh, hopefully I'm able to upload this episode without any difficulties, and uh, I'll figure out YouTube and, and get us back to our old ways uh, by next week. Or we'll, we'll figure something out to, to keep bringing content to you guys. In any case, if you want to get a hold of Jeff, it's at Animal underscore Wilson, Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget to fi- uh, give the animal a follow on Instagram, and you guys know how to get a hold of me. It's at MMA on the Rocks, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All that good stuff. Send me an email, MMAontherocks, gmail.com. Visit the website, MMAontherocks.com. Um, and leave us a review wherever you happen to be listening. Uh, please do take the time. We always appreciate it. Make it funny. Uh, you know, as long as you give us five stars, we don't really care what you say. If you make it funny enough, we'll read it on the air. Um, and that's all we got. So until next time, cheers, everybody. Goodbye.